Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the show today. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Seahawks last night beat the Vikings 21 to 7. That's our play-by-play call of the day. Cousins takes the shotgun snap. Being chased, gets hit by Martin. The ball comes out, rolling around. It's picked up by the Seahawks. Coming near side, it's Coleman. 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Justin Coleman is in. The Seahawks are blowing it open here in the fourth quarter. Touchdown, Seahawks. There you go. One last night, 21 to 7. They got a couple of big breaks last night. Big breaks last night. And then the Vikings fired their offensive coordinator. Well, Mike Zimmer does that. He's a defensive guy. You're a defensive guy. Um, You're standing on your... This happens... How many times do you see defensive guys do this? Defensive guys do this all the time. All the time. They get rid of... Um... Their offensive coordinators are never good enough for them. It happens a lot. So, there we go. All right, recruiting time. It is definitely recruiting time. A week from tomorrow, the early signing period, National Letter of Intent Day. And with that... We bring in from Blue White Illustrated Rivals.com, Ryan Snyder. Ryan, always a pleasure. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Uh, so, actually, this is cool. My, my, one of my best friends, someone that was in my wedding, he works for the Cubs right now. So, he's out there at the winter meetings. I've been, I've been texting with him to try and get a little scoop on the Phillies, but uh, supposedly things are, are very tight-lipped uh, over there with Gabe Kapler and those guys. But hopefully I'll get an update one of these days because I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, well, you know, he, Manny Machado ought to think twice about the Phillies because, I mean, he'll get to a certain number of innings played and Kapler will pull him. All right, so <laughs> I'm sorry. The yeah, I'm not going to get into that. The analytics that. say you're less effective. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks so much. I've heard all about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, this weekend, I, I think a lot of people look at uh, weekends like the Lash Bash this past weekend. Oh, that's the work they're going to bring. It doesn't. It doesn't always work that way. But sometimes, it, what it does is it solidifies the commitment of the guys you already have commitments from. What kind of weekend was this for Penn State? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially, and I mean, just before we get into that, I mean, we're, we're what nine days from early signing day. Yes. I mean, so if, if you wait this long, uh, chances are you're just going to wait it out. Especially. You know, with with Penn State, who's in an excellent position with so many top ranked guys, guys that you know are going to make their commitments on ESPN, guys that uh, you know have all these big sites out there trying to get the scoop and you know have big prime stories on them when they commit. So you know, if you wait this long, you're you're, you're going to wait it out. But um, but yeah, for the most part, this weekend was all about getting the committed guys together, 
you know, getting their families together and, you know, just, just, just one, um, I don't want to say a celebration, uh, but that's kind of, kind of what it is, especially for the parents because, uh, you know, the parents get together and, uh, you know, they, 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 James Franklin actually has them at their house one night and, uh, you know, they, they have a great dinner, uh, up in the presidential suite of Beaver Stadium. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, the big get together, but at the same time, there's a little bit of business to be done. Uh, there, there were some uncommitted guys on campus and, you know, the staff always wants to do what it can to, get all of its committed guys, uh, you know, together and then uh, throw in a few other very important players. Uh, and then, you know, as from what we've seen so far, it was a, it was a very good weekend on that note. Uh, you know, I think fans are always expecting commitments. And, you know, like we said, you know, if you, if you wait this long, um, you know, you may not commit right there and then, but uh, no doubt about it, this weekend put them in a very good position with quite a few players. All right. Uh, how much is being done to recruit 2019, 18-19, mm-hmm. and how much is being actually being done to to get the nineteen twenty and twenty twenty one? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, twenty nineteen finishing up nineteen is is the most important class, or that's the most important thing at the moment. It's the one right um, in front you know, of you. I'm sorry, what was it's that the one right in front of you. So you yes, to... yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know they they're at uh, sixteen commitments now. Penn State did lose a commitment this past weekend from Emory Simmons, a wide receiver from North Carolina. Um, listen, I'm just going to say this: uh, you cannot really blame the staff for that. Uh, Emory is a great kid. Uh, he he was originally committed to North Carolina, switched to Penn State, and Mac Brown thing came up and. Um, I'll just say this. I think his parents were a little more undecided than when the kid was. So I would not fault the staff for losing that. Uh, but long story short, you know, we're at 16 commitments now. And uh, with some of the guys that uh, have been forced to leave the team for one reason or another, like a Nan Asiatu or a, a Jordan Minor, you know, that's opened up some more scholarships for them to, to have a, a, almost a full class. Uh, I think they can have a full class if they really want to stretch it. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think – I think mid twenties. Uh, well, excuse me, twenty five is the max. I think you know twenty three ish is is probably realistic. Um, uh, and and long story short, I think D line is is the most important spot. So we're looking at you know at least one or two more D tackles, one or two more defensive ends. Uh, Disa Isaac, um, Smith Vilbert. These are some names out there that I think are probably going to end up at Penn State. Uh, Jared Hunt. Um, all these guys are from New York, New Jersey. I, I, I think there's a good chance they end up here. Um, two of those guys, Hunt and Vilbert, were on campus this past weekend. But, uh, you know, aside from that, they want to add another receiver. Uh, they, they like to add another running back and, and a few more offensive linemen. So I think those are the, are the key four spots. And, and, you know, wrapping that up is, is most important. But, you know, at the same time, that Penn State's been on the road for, for what, three three weeks now at the end of this week. And uh, they're, they're making sure they stop by and, and check up uh, with the coaches of, of all the top 2020 guys throughout the region. So it's, uh, you know, the, the in-home visits and things you read about a lot are, are 2019 guys, uh, but they're making sure they stop by all the, all the, all the schools of the most important 2020 guys. No doubt about that. Right. Um, okay. So you've got that part that they're trying to take care of between now and obviously the early, get as many of the early signing date guys as possible. How many early entries do you expect when it's all said and done based on your research? Yeah. So the guys uh, committing, or excuse me, enrolling in January. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're looking at probably about a dozen or so. Uh, I apologize. I'm in my car at the moment, so I don't have the list in front of me. But uh, it's going to be about half the class. 
Um, I, I know I'm just throwing some guys off the top of my head. Brenton Strange is, is one of them. Uh, there's two junior college guys, Anthony Wigan. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, excuse me, he'll actually be coming in the summertime. Uh, he needs to wrap up some credits. But uh, both their quarterbacks, Michael Johnson, uh, Taquan Roberson will be there. Uh, Lance Dixon, linebacker, um, the other linebacker, Brandon Smith. So there, there's a few guys. I can go on and on. I just uh, – <laughs> I think we, we spend all day. I'll be brainstorming. Uh, but it'll be about a, a dozen or so. We're looking at two guys that haven't committed yet that are pretty important players are Deese Isaac, defensive end out of, uh, out of Brooklyn, and Noah Kane, running back. Um, he's at ING Academy in Bradenton, but he's, he's originally from Denton, Texas. Uh, both of those guys are planning to enroll early, so we're going to be uh, keeping an eye out uh, they they will be making their commitments right on early signing day. And, you know, right now I do think Penn State leads with those guys. So if they add those two in, I believe my count right now is 10 or 11. So we're looking around 12, 13, uh, it, which, is, which is the biggest number I've ever seen at Penn State. I don't know, Steve. I think you know, it's it the biggest is, number no, ever. It would, sure. it, would, it would easily be the biggest number. I think, yeah, I think yeah. the largest number actually was this past year when it was with seven. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's the seven. Seven. Right. Seven was the largest. It's not like Joe didn't have early entries. Joe had early entries. I mean, he did. Dan Connor, people like that. I mean, that goes back into the mid two thousands. Penn State early entries, but usually they they numbered like no more than three, four. Last Mm -hmm. year when they had seven, it was like whoa, seven. And and that's now become the trend across the board. Exactly. He's got. Just going to say the same. They they want to get they want to get to the next level anyway, and they don't want to quote, waste time doing nothing in high school. Yeah, makes sense. And you get in that strength program, you know. I mean, you, you, right. you know all about it. And I think a lot of Penn State fans understand. I think all you had to do was watch the Combine last year to understand how amazing Colton those guys are. So get in that strength program and, you know, get those uh, get those spring practices in. And it really can make a difference for a lot of guys. It, it does help. Right. That's why I asked that question so people understand that this class has – and, again, we saw it with Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, in my opinion, is not where he is right now had he not started in the spring considering he had a position mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally I, agree. I have no argument here. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I could see, I could see a major difference in Micah Parsons in August compared to the one I saw in April. Yeah, big difference. So I think it, it makes it makes a big difference. All right. So now, now you get to to the next part. How are they lining up positionally? Where in the end you feel like the roster that they'll go into the nineteen season will have a positional balance to it. Yeah, to be honest with you, Steve, I mean, I don't, I don't have my computer in front of me, so I got to brainstorm a little bit. I apologize, I'm in my car. Um, you know, they're adding two quarterbacks this year, which is important. And I think one thing to note with that is that they haven't been going crazy hard with 2020 quarterbacks. Yep. Um, so it's, it, it's, they've offered some guys, but it, they haven't offered as many as you think, uh, and and guys that realistically can end up here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, running backs looking pretty good. Offensive line, I feel like. This is this is a spot where they they really want to take two more guys this year, especially mm-hmm. with what happened with Nana. Um, now they 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 they're really in the mix with Jakai Moore, who's a really good player out of Virginia, and he was up this past weekend, had a great weekend, a lot of good things. Uh, he's still going to visit Clemson. And it feels like South Carolina's in the mix, and then from there we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, he's the one I really am focused on. Now, don't be surprised if they maybe try and. Um, look at guys committed maybe elsewhere in January or, or, or maybe mm-hmm. some guys that decommit because of coaching moves. Because, you know, right now I feel like they really want to add another two tackles. I think that's a pretty important spot for them. But uh, the most important spot, without a doubt, right now, uh, remaining at least to, 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 to balance.
balance the class, it seems to be defensive line. This is this is a key spot where I think they want to take at least two more D linemen, or excuse me, two more defensive ends, two more defensive tackles. And um, you know, if you look at the numbers, they they do have some good youth there. So it's it's interesting to to wonder, you know, maybe they just aren't seeing what they want to see in spring practice, or or you know, they just want to build up some more numbers for more competition. So. Um, but but they're off. There's some really good guys along the defensive line. I think they just need to wrap them up. Ryan, it was the first year in which they, and this will be the last question. This is the first year that we've seen how coaches had to handle getting to the four game limit at any time during the course of the year. A, uh, how did you feel Penn State handled it? And B, maybe more importantly, what kind of impression did it make on recruits as to how they handled it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've asked a lot of guys about that, and uh, I think I think Penn State handled it just about best way they could you know um you know i think i think some fans were anxious to see shorter you know and and and, you know of course he had a little bit of an injury in the beginning of the year and uh you know once they got him in the mix there at the end and i I believe he still has one game left to play he has one more game he he can play the bowl game he's played three yeah so i i think i think they handled it pretty well what i'm really curious to see moving forward is how many guys they save they'll they'll maybe play in those first three non-conference games and, you know, then they'll either burn their red shirt or maybe save them for the bowl game more because I think a trend that we're going to see a lot more in the coming years, and this may not affect Penn State this year, but just keep an eye out, is just guys not playing in bowl games. That's right. So, yeah, so I think this is something that really – it hasn't impacted Penn State too much yet, but it, I think it's inevitable that, it, that it's coming to almost everybody. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, moving forward. But I, I really do think a lot of recruits were I – think, I think a lot of recruits love this rule because they know that, you know, they, they can get valuable game time against the Kent State or That's against right. the AA team. Yep. And, uh, you know, if they can prove themselves, then, then they can get on the field. This is an absolute player-friendly rule. That's yeah. why I really like it. Ryan, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the time you gave us today. I know we'll talk again soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. It's it's that time of the year. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> it's just kind of like your Christmas. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except I'm really busy, and it's not that fun. But it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Take care, guys. Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated, Rivals.com. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. So, yes, for the first time in its 25-year history, ESPN was two was brought online in 1993, about 14 years after ESPN. One thing has remained consistent about ESPN too: whenever they look at the ratings for the year, it has always been the number two sports network behind ESPN. Until this year. And suddenly this year, things changed. And changed dramatically. That fell to fourth this year. Fourth. That's incredible. Number two on the list is NBC Sports Net. They were number two. Helped a lot, by the way, by the Olympics in Pyeongchang. But they were also helped by the Stanley Cup Finals. And then there's Fox Sports 1, which was helped by the World Cup and Big Ten football. 
ESPN2, where it looks like they're putting no... On the surface, it looks like they're putting no effort into the plays. I mean, no effort. Is right now fourth. NFL Network is fifth. Golf Channel is sixth. That Golf Channel is is having a record year. Jack Ham and I were talking about this earlier today, and he says, I got a sense it has a lot to do with TW. I said, yeah, I think you're probably right. A lot to do with TW, a.k.a. Tiger Woods. But that's, I mean, cable sports, that's what we're watching these days. It's cable sports. That's what we're getting. And... I think for ESPN, I think it's another... Now, if you're wondering about regular over-the-air ESPN, they're not just number one by a margin. They're number one by a lot. You would have to take Armageddon to replace ESPN on the top of the heap. I mean, I'm talking their audience is three and a half times... That of the number two network, which is NBC Sports Net. I mean, that's that's how important it is. that's what that's how that's what uh, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're they are ESPN is by a wide wide margin. Now, here's here's the issue I have. I understand that you always need to keep up with trends. Always. So I have no problem with anybody keeping up with trends. None whatsoever. But sometimes you can overdo it and overthink it. And when I look at ESPN, this is where I think they're overthinking it. And that is with ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+, Plus is absolutely a worthy venture. For ESPN, but not to the extent they're making it. And they're also coming up with the with the wrong way of doing things, and that is they're throwing so many resources into ESPN Plus, they're neglecting their over the air. The over the air is where, where you're getting your viewers. You're getting your viewers on over the air. And it's not just an old-fashioned look at things. I mean, you know, do I ever watch anything on a screen? I'm talking about a, a, a an iPad or a phone. Well, once in a while when I'm traveling and I'm on the bus, you know, going to the airport after a football game or uh, basketball, whatever it may be, and I'll check in and see what's going on and maybe watch a highlight or two. But that's about it. I I realize there are a lot of millennials that cannot afford to get cable. Cable is not exactly inexpensive. They can you know they can talk about the wide variety of packages, but they want you to get the the big packages or the bundles. That's that's where they make their money. I understand that. That's that's business. Yeah, it was one of the aspects of ESPN that we were talking, you and I, during the break about uh, Katie Nolan, who used to have her late-night show over on Fox Sports 1 before it rebranded to FS1. 
and they're okay espn brings her over but you didn't see her on any of the channels for a while okay how are we going to promote her show over there well oh yeah we have espn plus we'll put her on there and and obviously that's uh you know for the millennials to to check out i have not once in my life ever seen her on the air i've seen pictures of her but i've never i've never seen a show she's done Yeah, when her show debuted on Fox Sports 1, it was on maybe at 9, 10 at night. Then they pushed it back later and later and later. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I I've never I've never seen the show. Oh, I mean, that's on me for not seeing it. It's just I also haven't said, "Hey, I want to see what Katie Nolan's all about." Uh, not really. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us. We have a full show tomorrow, including Nathan Davis, the Bucknell basketball coach. Jerry Dulac tomorrow, Steelers, and maybe a little bit, a couple of golf questions I can't resist. And Tom Leach, the play-by-play voice of Kentucky football. He will join us tomorrow as well. So we have a full show coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that very much. And Thursday, we attempt to put Kevin the suit her in his place and stop the college bull prediction streak. Well, we refer to that as we're trying to stop the bleeding. Yes, or as suit refers to it as one for the thumb. Yeah. We have several notes here from fans about the thumb. Um... <laughs> He's the only one that's referring it to one for the thumb. Uh, yes. Our guy. I'm going to work the room. I walk past him. He's asleep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay let's get out of the chair, sport. Let's get up and work the room. It's not funny. <laughs> not funny at all. I will admit I tried to leave at 9, but did not get out of there till 10. That's because you're you're a great guy, popular guy. Everybody loves you. All right. And then we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'll pick out a few people here and there, and I need to catch up with them because, you know, don't know when I'll see them again. May not be for another, who knows, you know, three, six months. I, I saw Joe and Judy, and I saw, obviously, I saw Tom, and I saw Bob Buner, and I saw Steve. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I went around and saw a lot of different people. Had a lot of conversation. I saw Fritz, Fritz Heinemann. Fritz and I were talking about. Uh, he's got some projects going on, and uh, he's talking to me about maybe being an honorary chairman for it. Like, okay, yes, he and Andy so, Russell have been working on the playground play the uh, playground project in Seawons Grove, and uh, just keeping yeah. fingers crossed that once the uh, warm warm uh, weather breaks in 2019, it'll be up and running and ready to use, and then. Those that put all the hard work in can uh, you know, look back and see what kind of a great impact that it will have for the area. 
Yeah, they said he was talking to me about doing something as an honorary chairman. I said, okay. Said, Perfect. I mean, well, meanwhile, we're looking over, and dude was snoring. I was like, <laughs> man. You know, I, and as Jamie said to me, that's our Kevy. <laughs> that's our Kevy. Uh. Oh well, <laughs> that's our Kevy. <laughs> Tuesday night court with our Kevy and the Chief tonight, Shikalemi, Jersey Shore. That'll be on right well, after can. talk to Santa. I cannot wait to hear the Chief. Me too. <laughs> Who's he with? <laughs> our guy. <laughs> our guy. So Braves guy. Bulldogs here on WKOK tonight on 1070 AM. Uh, didn't forget about wrestling uh, from the Phil Lockhoff Gym tonight in the Fieldhouse. It's Braves versus State College. Steve Williams will have that. That's on WKOK.com only. That'll start tonight after 7. Yeah. Maybe a little later, depending on the uh, JV bouts, on how many there are. So, And we have Santa tonight. That That's, you know, Magic Radio. I talked with Chad Hirschberger last week. Chad's children. Is it tomorrow night? I thought he said it was a Wednesday. Is it tomorrow night? Maybe not on? till maybe not till next week. Maybe next week. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. See, Chad, I remember the conversations we have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unlike others in the station. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, how embarrassing is it when the suit walks by a guy that's been there a long time and he's who are you? It's just been here how long? I I get concerned. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking before we were talking before about ratings. Now now try this on for size. The NBA is the hot thing, the hot thing, the hot thing. Now, look, I understand ESPN has put 1.4 billion dollars per year into the NBA, so I've got that. So I understand when you make an investment that large, you've got to go all out on it. I understand that. But they treat the NBA the way they cover it, the way they cover the NFL. I remember, was it a year ago, the Orlando Magic fired their head coach. And And breaking news, Orlando Magic fire head coach. And, of course, they put his name down. And, Sean, I don't remember his name. And, you know, I'm pretty good with names. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how massively irrelevant news-wise is this? The Vikings fired their offensive coordinator today, Filippo, which means that Zimmer is going to go through another O.C., now, Shermer, he lost because he took the Giants' head coaching job, so let's be fair. Norv Turner was his first one. That's a bigger news story that affects more people than the Orlando Magic firing their head coach. The problem you have in the NBA is that the Cleveland Browns, while being considered a joke for many years in the NFL, now this year they're starting to show signs of life. They've got five wins. They're playing pretty well. They're now putting themselves back into down the road they're going to be a factor. And that's how the NFL is supposed to work. A a down-and-out team is supposed to eventually become a factor through the draft and schedule and things like that. 
But in the NFL, as irrelevant or as much of a joke as the Browns have been recently, any move the Browns make is still considered important. We're hiring Hugh Jackson. We're drafting Baker Mayfield. Okay. All right? And people know it. You know, the, the average fan knows that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, which for years has been the worst team in the NFL. Okay. So where does that go now with the NBA? See, the Cleveland Browns are not an irrelevant franchise. People at least know their history. People at least know um, who their quarterback is now and so forth. The NBA has so many irrelevant franchises that people don't know about. I mean, tell me anything about the Orlando Magic. Tell me anything. And now let me tell me about the days when Shaq and Penny Hardaway were together. And Nicky Anderson and guys like that. Those were their glory days. But what about the last five years of the of the Orlando Magic? What, what can you, the average fan, tell me about the Orlando Magic? What can you, the average fan, tell me about the Sacramento Kings? What can you, the average fan, tell me about the Phoenix Suns? What can you, the average fan, tell me about the Cleveland Browns? They pinned a lot on the NBA because of their $1.4 billion a year investment. I get it. All of you know about LeBron James. All of you know about Steph Curry. All of you know about Kevin Durant. I think most of you know about James Harden. You may not know the names of the Celtics players, maybe Kyrie Irving, but you know of the Celtics, and you obviously know about the Sixers. But what can you tell me about the Detroit Pistons? What can you tell me about the Atlanta Hawks? What can you tell me about the Dallas Mavericks or the Utah Jazz? What can you tell me about the Utah Jazz? What can you tell me about the Portland Trailblazers? What can you tell me about the Cleveland Browns? Well, they made a change of quarter, uh, with head coach. Uh, they've got Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. They won some games this year. You can tell me about The Browns are the worst franchise in the NFL that you, the average fan, can tell me about. There's a long list of franchises in the NBA that no matter how hard ESPN pushes, they can't get you interested in, in, in those franchises at all. So when the, when the breaking news is the Magic fired their head coach a year ago, you sit back and go, I mean, I'm sitting there as a guy that follows sports intently and look at it and go, are you kidding me? Breaking news? What do you mean breaking news? Breaking news is Alex Smith is out for the season. Breaking news is if something happens to Sidney Crosby. Breaking news is if something happens to, let's just say, Aaron Nola. Okay? But the magic... A franchise that's under 500, not on the radar, they fire their head coach. It's like because they're not ingrained enough for people to think. In other words, if the Florida Panthers fire their head coach in the NHL, it's not breaking news. It is news, but it doesn't have any impact on you. 
the Vikings firing their offensive coordinator has a bigger impact on the casual fan than the firing of the head coach of the Orlando Magic. In my opinion, I don't know how you feel about it, Sean, but I think that's, you know, the NFL is just a completely different animal, and they cover the NBA as if it's covered like the NFL. I understand the attempt and why, but there's also a level of being unrealistic. With that in mind, the regular season ratings for the NBA are down 6% on ESPN, and the regular season ratings on TNT are down 22%. What's hot? What's up? Believe it or not, the NFL is back on the rise again. College football is really on the rise again. College football is, and we had as we had Tony Knopp on, what two weeks ago, Sean? We had Tony on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's the hot buy? College football. The hot buy is college football. Yeah, I would That's not be what? surprised if there's going to be a at least a handful of bowl games that'll see great spikes in numbers. Maybe they'll approach 1.5 up to 2 million viewers per game. Now, the, the the New Year's Six games, I mean, Penn State played Washington last year at 10 million viewers. 10 million. Takes a month for the NBA to get there. 10 million viewers. And granted, it's not a New Year's Six game, but where's Penn State going to be? New Year's Day, right on Nationwide TV. It's going to be interesting because that's where you get the split in the audience. That's the one time, that one time slot's the only time where you don't have a standalone game. You've got the Outback Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the uh, Citrus Bowl all playing at the same time. The one time it doesn't happen. Uh, the West Coast viewership may have something to do with that too, just with the fact that they're 10 a.m. kicks and, and you got the Rose Parade going on at the same time. And um, uh, okay, let's get to the Pacific Time Zone. The Pacific Time Zone makes up 17 percent of the population in this country. The East Time Zone makes up 47 percent of the population in the country. Again, the Pacific time zone makes up 17% of the population in this country. The Eastern time zone makes up 47%. Now we get to the ESPN2 part. After 24 years of being the number two sports network in the year-end ratings, they fell to fourth. They were number two every year from their inception, from 93 through 2017. This year, they're four. NBC Sportsnet finished second. And by the way, you would credit ESPN. The margin between them and number two is a chasm. It is a chasm. But NBC Sportsnet was number two. Fox Sports 1 was number three. And ESPN2 fell to number four. NFL Network was five. Golf Channel was six.
They have not put a lot of resources into it. They've lost properties, for example. Like the World Cup really helped ESPN2 a lot. Well, the World Cup ended up going to Fox, and Fox, they say Fox Sports 1's rise can be attributed to three things. One, the World Cup. Two, Big Ten football. And three, they had the National League Championship Series, which included Game 7 between the Brewers and the Dodgers. NBC Sportsnet was helped by the Pyeongchang Olympics and was helped by the fact the Stanley Cup did so well in the ratings. That population percentage dynamic you brought up is very interesting because ESPN made the announcement yesterday that they have decided with Sunday Night Baseball to start the games at 7.05 instead of 8 o'clock because they know they want East Coast viewers watching the full games and not go to bed when it's, what, top of the sixth or seventh inning when it's right. you know, crossing 11, 11.30. And you got right. probably some West Coast people complaining about it. Oh, man, now the games are going to start at you know 4 o'clock our team. What's the difference between 4 and 5 o'clock if you're going to be stuck in traffic out there anyway? On a Sunday. Yeah. On a Sunday. What's the difference? Start the game at 4 o'clock. Game's over by 7.30 your time. You can make other plans. You go to dinner if you want. It's a smart move for them to make. Well, hopefully the numbers will go up, and then maybe they could start World Series games at 7.05 instead. That would be nice. Again, that they've you know the issue that you have with something national like a World Series game, here's the issue you have. Local stations make a lot of money from local news. So when you're looking at the West Coast markets, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Oakland, San Jose, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, you're asking them to give up their local news on Fox in order to carry the World Series because the World Series will start at, what, 5 o'clock, 5.15, their time. They're going to lose their local news. Now, these are Fox affiliates, so they got a little more leeway on local news. Fox does not have a national newscast. They have Fox Fox News Channel, but they don't have the CBS Evening News with Jeff Glor. They don't, you know, they don't have uh, Lester Holt and David Muir for ABC and uh, and NBC, respectively. They don't have a six thirty national newscast. Fox doesn't, but their local stations do carry local news. That's when they make money. Now you're not asking them to give up many nights because again. Because of cable and Fox Sports 1, they're carrying the National League Championship Series on Fox Sports 1 while TBS has the American League Championship Series. So you're not wiping out any news when you do that. It's only when you get to the World Series. All right. We'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Wrapping up for today, our thanks to Ryan Snyder, Blue at Illustrated, Rivals.com. As we talked Penn State football recruiting just eight days out from the early signing period, our thanks as well to Neil Kulong, USA Today, who talked about the Steelers charging down the stretch. All right, uh, and uh, you can check it out on the Steve Jones Show podcast if you missed anything. Tomorrow, we've got a lot going on tomorrow. Tomorrow... Tom Leach, the play-by-play voice of Kentucky football. Jerry Dulac, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Nathan Davis, Bucknell basketball coach. And coming up on Thursday, all of our bowl picks. <laughs> all 39 of them, although Suit says he has 40. Uh, that's because he wants to do the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. North yeah. Carolina A&T against, I don't know, somebody. Some directional school. I don't know. You can start 0 1. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, He is, what does he say? He's now the eight time, nine time defending champion. Uh, The number keeps changing by the hour. Yeah. You want to know why I know it's not eight or nine? (laughs) Show's finishing up its seventh year. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate when I get caught. (laughs) You, me, King, somebody. Got to knock him out of the chair. Yeah, I'll take advice from fans right now. I'm desperate. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) Maybe he and the Chief will be on Periscope tonight doing a little Shikalemi Braves basketball preview. Another reason to live. (laughs) (laughs) It's the little things. Yep, and on the long list of things in life, that's very little. (laughs) (laughs) Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, K-Roots 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.